I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. And I'm going to talk to you tonight about house-shaking prayer. House-shaking prayer. Basically, I'm going to be talking to you tonight about the power of united corporate prayer in the church and why it is so important to believers and for believers to begin to gather together for corporate united prayer. The Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, especially as you see the day approaching. And what I see, and we all see it, is that everybody's willing to go to church to hear a teaching, to hear a word, to have somebody lead in worship, But how about gathering together for corporate united prayer where we go to church and we're not just going to receive something from the speaker, we're going to give something, and that is to be a vessel of honor, meet for the master's use, a vessel who is ready to be instant in season and out of season, a vessel who is ready and willing to be a house of prayer. You've heard me say this, I don't understand. God is definitely moving, you know, in a, in a greater measure, but you've heard me say it, but God is calling his people to prayer. It's time to ramp up the prayer movement. It's time, especially for those of us who um, are seasoned in prayer, and even those of you who are not, it's time for us to begin to join forces and join together for the purpose of not just hearing the word of God and the teaching, but for the purpose of corporate united prayer. You know, the Bible says one will chase a thousand to flight, two will t- put 10,000 to flight. The Bible also says that how good and how pleasant it is when the brethren dwell together in unity. That's when God can command his blessing. There is a blessing when men and women gather together for corporate united prayer. The Bible says that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails avails much. The effectual fervent prayer, Amplified says, I believe, the unceasingly hot prayer of a righteous man avails much. How much more when, when, when those of us, we come together in agreement, in unity, for the purpose of prayer, how much more powerful can our prayers be when we all gather together and we unite our faith, we unite our vision, we unite our expectation. How much more can we see God do the miraculous, do great and mighty things? So I believe that the Spirit of God has waited up till now. This is Facebook Live 17 for me. I believe he has waited till now for this moment, this time is in in church history, for us to get a grip on the fact that it's time for us to gather together for corporate united prayer. Now, corporate prayer, united prayer, was a practice of the early church. Now, we find in the book of Acts that at the beginning of the church age, and many of you know this story, Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, when the promise finally came, 
that Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit was going to come. He promised the outpour of the Holy Spirit. He mentioned the Holy Spirit over and over and over in his earthly ministry. And finally, the Holy Spirit is poured out. He comes in and acts to like a rushing mighty wind, fills all the house where they are sitting. They're all gathered together, 120 of them. He, he falls on them. And the scripture says that they're all filled with the Holy Spirit and they all began to speak with other tongues. And that was the beginning of the birth of the church age, the age that you and I live in today. We are living in the time of the church age. And the book of Acts is the only book in the New Testament that does not have an amen at the end of the book. Why? Because we are still living in church age. And if the early church practiced corporate united prayer, how much more you and I do we need to practice corporate united prayer, especially as we see the day approaching? You know, the darkness, the gross darkness is covering the earth and things are getting, I'm not being negative, but let's just face it. Things are getting darker and, and, and there's more warfare and there's more temptations. There's more distractions than ever before. Well, now more than ever, we need to gather together for corporate prayer. You see, my friends, we can draw strength from one another. We can draw encouragement from one another, especially when we gather together for corporate united prayer. Now, we look through the, the, the book of Acts, and we find that, that Peter is preaching, and he has freedom of speech, and he's preaching and preaching and he's preaching. And, 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 and as, as the Spirit of God began to move, suddenly, all at once, pretty much, 3,000 souls were added to the church. And they continued to preach. People were cut to the heart. The Holy Spirit was moving. There was not only 3,000 souls added to the church. The Bible says that daily people were being saved. And the scripture says, even though they had that momentum of the move of God, the scripture says that they still continued daily in one accord together, not only eating, but fellowshipping and praying. Okay? And then we go over to Acts chapter 3. We find out that Peter and John go up to the gate called Beautiful, and there was a man there crippled from his mother's womb. And the man was expecting to receive something from Jesus. And Peter and John said, listen, we don't have anything, but look on us anyway. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And you know the scripture, the man rose up, he began walking and he began leaping and he began praising God. His ankle bones received strength. And that was a major, major miracle that was done. Now, as, as, as this move of God was gaining momentum, you would have thought that everybody would have been happy about it. But you know what? Number one, the religious people were not happy about it because it took the attention away from them and their doctrines and their doctrines of devils and all their works took the attention away from them and it put the attention on Jesus Christ who was the same yesterday, today, and forever. And not only that, but number two, the devil was was completely flabbergasted that suddenly little Christ-like ones were 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 uh, born, being born again all over that day and that hour. So the devil was mad. The devil was upset. As a matter of fact, the Bible says if the princes of this world had known, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory because there was a mystery that when Jesus would be raised from the dead, the 
he, he would not only sit at the right hand of God the Father, but if anyone who believed in him and confessed him as Lord and Savior, they would become Christ like ones. Christ in them, the hope of glory, or in us, would, would, would begin to rise and manifest. So the devil was not happy. So what did the devil do? The devil released warfare. The, the Pharisees released the warfare against the disciples, and the devil released the warfare. And they gathered the disciples together, and the scripture says in Acts 4-2 that the, the, the religious people were greatly disturbed. And you know what, my friends, as we continue to move in this new river of this surge of tongues and the surge of the move of the Holy Spirit, religious people are going to get disturbed about it, and so is the enemy. It says here in the scripture that they were not just disturbed, they were greatly disturbed. And what I sense in my spirit is there's a shaking in the heavens. There's a roar and a shaking in the heavens. And the enemy is not happy with the momentum that we are beginning to flow in. And so therefore there's going, and there has been warfare released against many of, of the believers in this day and in this hour. Let's just call the believers the bride of Christ. The enemy does not want the bride of Christ to, to put off the old man and put on the new man. The devil does not want the bride of Christ to begin to arise and shine and, and allow Christ in us, the hope of glory, to manifest. So the enemy is going to try to come in. And what I hear in my spirit is with fiery darts and thoughts and warfare. He's going to try to sift us as weeds to get us off the faith and try to shipwreck us. But you know what? God has a plan. And God has a strategy. And one of the greatest strategies of God in this day and in this hour is the power of our unity, the power of our love. And the disciples captured that. The scripture says that the, um, the, uh, the religious people were greatly disturbed. And by then, 5,000 souls were added to the church. That's what an awakening is or revival, whatever you want to call it. When men and women suddenly are coming to the light. And then they're coming to salvation and they're coming to know Jesus. And only the Holy Spirit can make that happen. You know what I'm saying? The Bible says it's not by might, it's power, but it's by my spirit. And I believe all the preaching of the word, all the seeds that we have sown, that God has not only watered them, but God is going to give us the increase. And so they're greatly disturbed. So now there's 5,000 added to the church. And then Peter goes on, he's preaching, and he said, listen, you know, we're being judged by this good deed, and so on and so forth. And what happened is, we're not going to get into all of it, but they saw the man who had been healed, and they said, listen, we understand that a notable miracle had been done, and we can't deny it. So there's really nothing we could do, but what they did was, they straightly or continued to threaten them, and they commanded them not to teach nor preach at all in the name of Jesus. In other words, they wanted to shut the mouth of the church, shut the mouth of the believers, shut the mouth of the pastors and the elders in that day and in that hour. But you know what? Let me just tell you. The disciples said, listen, we cannot but preach and say those things that we have seen and heard. And, and instead of them just laying there in defeat or instead of them just going their merry way, they decided that they, they, they decided that they needed to gather together with those who are of like mind, like spirit, and like vision. So the scripture says that when they were further threatened, the Bible says after they were let go, and I love this, they went to their own companions, people like them, people who believe like them, 
people who had faith like them, people who had the purpose like them, people who wanted to build a kingdom, people who didn't have their own agenda, but only wanted to build the kingdom of God. They went to their own companions and they reported all the chief priests and the elders had said. So they acknowledged the problem. He said, listen, we got a problem here. They don't want us to preach. They don't want us to teach. They don't want us to move in the spirit. They don't want any more miracles. We acknowledge the problem, but we serve a big God. And we need to gather together with, you know, with in one accord. What, what is this scripture that says, um, you know, with one's down, the other one picks them up. I think it speaks of marriage. But my, my friends, you know that to be true, even in a friendship. Sometimes you have a bad day and I'm, I'm having rolling in my good day. And then you come to me and I'm able to pick you up. The Bible says we're to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. You don't, you don't judge one another lest it happen to us. So that's why we need one another. We need friendships. We need bodies of believers that can go to one another and have love and unity in and amongst them, but most of all, be able to pray for one another. So they go to their old companions, they report everything that's going on in verse 24, and when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord, and they said, Lord, you made heaven and earth, and then they begin to quote from Psalms 2. In other words, this didn't take us by surprise. This is, this is that, you know, which was not only spoken by Joel, that you're going to pour out your spirit, but you also said in the midst of the pouring out of your spirit that the heathen were going to rage and the people were going to imagine vain things, Psalms 2. The scripture goes on to say, but he that sits in the heavens laughs because he'll have them in derision. But they still needed to come together. They still needed to pray. You see, my friends, prayer opens up the door for God to work. Hey, sit all, sit all. You know, we see the warfare. Oh, they're threatening us. Now they're shooting us in our synagogues. Now they're coming against people. Now we have to have armed guards in our in our church services, which I'm a firm believer of. We need to. We need to protect ourselves in the natural, and we need to protect ourselves in the spirit. But instead of them just saying, hey, sit all, sit all, whatever will be, will be. No, they went to their old companions. They reported to them what had done, and they gathered together for corporate united prayer. And now here's what they prayed. Verse 29. They said, and now, Lord, look on their threats, but grant unto your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. So they prayed for boldness. An angel said it um, over the weekend. She was talking about the righteous and how we're as bold as a lion. And that's what we're seeing more and more and more. And you're going to see it in the body of Christ. I'm talking about the body of Christ. You're going to see bodies of the body of Christ rising up in a greater boldness than ever before. Not just the fivefold ministry. I'm talking about the believers. I'm talking about the, 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 the believers' ministry spoken of in Acts chapter 16. These signs will follow them that believe. They'll cast out devils and lay hands on the sick. They'll speak with new tongues. You're going to see, a, a, the Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. You're going to see boldness rising up. But here we see them say, Lord, you know, we pray that with all boldness, you will speak your word. And not only that, Lord, we pray that by stretching forth your hands to heal and that signs and wonders would be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. They prayed for signs. They prayed for wonders. They prayed, uh, in my opinion, they prayed for the manifestation of what we call the power gifts, the, word of the working of miracles, the gifts of healings, and the gift of faith. We need more and more of these manifestations. And I'm very excited because we're beginning to, it's beginning to rain. You know, there's an old song that Sandy Brown used to sing. 
It's beginning to rain, rain, rain. Hear the voice of my father saying, whosoever will come drink of this water. He's promised to pour his spirit out on his sons and his daughters. If you're thirsty and dry, lift your hands to the sky. It's beginning to rain. Isaiah 44, 3, Zechariah 10, 1. We are going to see more and more of the rain of God in the church. And, and, and as we see the day approaching, it's very important that we draw strength to one another or from one another and begin to um, make corporate prayer more of a priority. Okay? They said, by stretching forth your hands to heal and that signs and wonders would be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. Now, verse 31. And when they had prayed, and when they had what? And when they had prayed. Oh, you mean they weren't twiddling their thumbs and going, que sera, sera, look at the warfare, look at the, look at the opposition, look at, look at the enemy, what he's doing. No, they gathered together in corporate united prayer. They went to their own companions. It went to the people that knew their hearts, knew to the people that were joined together in unity. Because there's power in unity. That's what God commands his blessing. He said, when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. The place, not the people. We've seen people shake under the power of God. I've seen children shake under the power of God. Because you can't, children don't fake it, okay? I've seen children fall under the power of God. I've seen children not only fall under the power of God, I've seen children have visions of Jesus while they were under the power of God and shaking under the power of God and being filled with the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues. People can shake, okay? But the scripture says, and this is not a fantasy, this actually happened. The place where they were assembled was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spoke the word of God with boldness. How shook. How would you like to be gathered together for corporate united prayer and the house where you are assembled starts shaking? Now that's the power of God. That's the power of unity, okay? And then the results of their prayer is verse 33, and with great power, the apostles gave witness to the Lord Jesus Christ and great grace was upon them all. Number one, they had unity of purpose. Their hearts were set on building the kingdom and exalting Jesus. They had unity of purpose, and their hearts were set on building the kingdom and exalting Jesus. That's what I love about what's happening with so many of us in leadership today. And even in the body of Christ, most people, my friends at least, are, are, are interested not in building their own ministries, but in building the kingdom of God. Our hearts are becoming his heart, and that's what we want in our leaders, isn't it? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1.10, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no division among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. So they had unity of purpose. Then they had unity in prayer. You know the scripture, Acts or James 5.16. This is amplified. The earnest heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Let me just tell you what it's like 
when I have prayer with my team, and I told my team, I said, you know what? We've got to ramp up our corporate prayer. We, I have a friend of mine, her name is Faye Scott Gordon, and she is president of Global Compass International. And every morning at 6.30 a.m., God bless them, they gather together for a half an hour, her and her team, and they pray corporately. And you know what? In those times of their corporate prayer, God makes tremendous power available. And God hears their prayers. And their prayers ascend up before the throne of God. And God, the hand of God moves because of their prayer. And I told my team, we need to do what Faith God Gordon is doing. We need to gather together more often for corporate united prayer. I'm not doing the 6.30 a.m. thing, but we could do it a little later during the day. Whatever time it, it, it is, is convenient for you. And I believe that's what God is saying to those of you that are listening tonight. I believe God is saying, gather your co own companions. Gather your own friends. Gather them together and begin to pray with one another. Begin to join forces together. You know, it's like Angel and I said it at Spirit Night at Joe Sources. There's something about a corporate anointing. When you have a body of believers gathered together in a corporate setting, and there's corporate faith and corporate love, and there's a corporate anointing. There's just something about it. We know Psalm says God commands his blessings, but there's a greater anointing, my friends. Are you listening? There's a greater uh, power. There is a greater, we see greater results, okay? So I know like in our own prayer calls, I've said we need to ramp it up. But I we've seen it over and over and over where, you know, we start out praying and, you know, we're all like, oh, we're all like, okay, we're going to start praying. And, you know, we're tired and we don't feel like it. Do you always feel like praying? Do you always feel like getting up in the morning? Do you always feel like putting your makeup on? Do you always feel like going to work? No, we're not moved by what we feel. But we, we decided we're going to pray. We know the power of corporate prayer. We're going to pray. <clears throat> not only that. But prayer produces intimacy. It produces intimacy with the one you pray to. It produces intimacy with the one you pray for. And it produces intimacy with the one you pray with. That's why it's important for churches and ministries to, to pray with one another. Because when you pray with one another, there's some kind of gelling that happens in the spirit. It produces intimacy and it produces a love and a bond like nothing else. Even in marriages, it's good for husbands and wives to pray together. But we gather together for our Wednesday morning prayer. And I mean, a lot of times we don't feel like praying. But you know what? And you know, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, heartfelt and continued, makes tremendous power available when we begin to pray together. And so we start out. And the next thing you know, we're on a flow and we're on a roll. And then the anointing comes. Now we're praying with an anointing and we're praying prophetically. There's just something about corporate united prayer. And I want to encourage you, if you are not part of your local church's corporate united prayer, get involved. You may say, well, I don't know how to pray. Yes, you do. You know how to pray. You know more scripture, more word than Catherine Coleman and the people in the days gone by. Just get in and follow the leader. I was thinking about it today. I was thinking, you know, one day I'm going to have Angel, not Angel, uh, Mary Alice Islam. It'd be great to have her for us to do a Facebook Live together. If you've never heard of her, Google her or check her Facebook out. She has a lot of practical ways of how to pray as well as ways, 
you know how to enter into the spirit. But when you start out praying, you may not feel it. But when you gather together with your friends, it makes tremendous power available. Okay? Uh, let's uh, go to Genesis 11. I really wanted to keep this short. Genesis 11. I'm going to show you the power of unity, power of corporate uh, agreement, the power of love, and, and, and the power of agreement. Okay? Look here at Genesis chapter 11. It says here, and now this is a negative situation. Okay, this is very negative. These people were building their own kingdom. They were doing their own thing. They were operating out of selfish ambition and pride. Okay, and the scripture says, now the whole earth was of one language and one speech. They were of one language and one speech. And it came to pass that as they journeyed from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said to one another, come. They said to one another. They communicated to one another. They communicated their vision to one another. Okay? That's why it's important that we all speak the same thing. We're of one mind, one accord. We communicate our vision to one another. So they said to one another, let us. See, it says us. Make bricks and make them thoroughly. They had brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, let us. Build ourselves a city. They wanted to build themselves a city. They wanted to build themselves a kingdom. And a tower whose top is reaches the heavens and let us a name for ourselves. And you know as well as I do, we're not making a name for ourselves. We're making a name for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Lest we make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. Now, their unity and their agreement got God's attention. Okay? And in this case, it wasn't a good thing. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one, and they all have one language. And this they begin to do, now nothing. They propose will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down, and there confuse their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So this is what happened. The Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of the whole earth, and they ceased from building the building. Okay, or, or the, the um, uh, they ceased from building the city. And this is, this is about the Tower of Bell. Now, let's think about the power of our corporate united prayer. Let's talk about the power of our unity. We're all of one speech. We have tongues. Tongues, Zephaniah 3.9, is the universal language. When we all speak in tongues, we're all speaking the heart of God. We're all speaking the purpose of God. We're all speaking the vision of God. We're all speaking the plan of God. Even though our tongues sounds different from one another, it's still a universal language. So when we come together for corporate united prayer, we are of one language, okay? And we're speaking the word. We're all in agreement with the word. We're all in agreement with the vision and the purpose. God said, this my people begin to do. My people begin to gather together for corporate united prayer. They begin to do that. Now nothing that they have imagined to do will be impossible to them. And I keep hearing in my spirit, Hebrews 7.25, Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, especially as you see the day approaching. Now more than ever, it's very important that we begin to have more of a focus 
on corporate united prayer. Well, you may say, well, Margie, you know, how did they pray in the early church? Well, how did they pray in Acts 4.31? The scripture says that they all prayed it out loud. It doesn't say, but it's, that's how they prayed. They all prayed it out loud. They all prayed it once. And they all, you know, they all just did it together. Okay? We need to gather together for the purpose of building the kingdom and for establishing his works and make it a priority to attend our prayer meetings. So let me just pray over you. So Heavenly Father, and, and I know, I know, and what, he, what I'm going to do is we're going to pray for the body of Christ. That's going to be the, that is the prayer assignment. I already know the prayer assignment. We're going to pray for the body of Christ. Because right now there's a lot of uh, disharmony and disunity and prayer opens up the door for God to work. And when we begin to pray for the body of Christ, it'll help to bring us together as we should be as the bride. So let me pray over you. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for my listeners. Father, you said in your word that if we be willing and obedient, we will eat the good of the land. And there are many who are listening right now that have put their hand to the plow and they have not turned back, but they have set their focus and set their mind and set their hearts on you, Jesus, the author and the perfecter of their faith. And I pray for those, Lord. There are some that are listening that are, have grown weary in well-doing. And I pray, Father, for them right now. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would strengthen them internally in their hearts with might by your spirit in their inner man. And I, I pray, Lord, that you would write um, purpose and vision on their hearts because I see in my spirit many have grown, their vision has grown dim. And without a vision, the people perish. I pray that you revive their vision. Revive, give them a vision for their future, hope for their future. Revive them in their purpose and in their destiny strengthen them with might by your spirit in their inner man in the name of Jesus. I pray, Father, that you would bless them. I pray that you would pray that you would strengthen them. I pray, Father, that you would make your face to shine upon them and give them rest. And Lord, even now, in this silence, I pray that you would anoint each and every one who listens to this live with fresh oil. I pray, God, that we would be the house of prayer that you have called us to be, and that we will continue to gain momentum, for these time is short, and the end is drawing nigh. And I pray that we would continue to flow in this river of prayer, in Jesus' name. Okay, God bless you. I love you. Let me know, you know, what the Spirit of God is doing in your life. I am so, I don't even know how to describe it. There is such I have such an expectancy in my heart about what God is doing. I said to my friend, Richard Byers, I said, Richard, I, I woke up one day and the Holy Spirit said to me, you call Richard Byers and you ask him to teach you how to flow in miracles. I said, all right. I called Richard. He's down in South, South, South Jersey. I said, Richard, I, I texted him. I didn't call him. I texted him. I said, Richard, I said, I want to come down. To your church and I want you to teach me how to flow in signs and wonders and miracles you know sometimes we need some of our generals and we just need to get up under them and, and just get behind them and they can take us even higher than we could ever go if we just get in because spiritual things are transferable through association through laying out of hands 
And I just said to that, I texted him that. He said, Margie, he said, every Wednesday night, I don't even preach anymore. We're just having miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. I said, Lord, that's you. We are entering into a season of miracles. And I am just telling you, some of you, some of the shakings that you're going through is all part of the process. God told us in January of 2016, he said this. He says, you're entering in to a season of advancement. He said, and you're also entering into a season of shakings, shakings in relationships, people being shaken and moved to over here and moved over there. He says, but you're also entering into a season of miracles. And you would say, well, Margie, that word was three years ago. And, and you, that, that's not relevant for today. Let me just tell you something. Prophecy is given that you can war a good warfare. And when God speaks prophetically, it doesn't mean it's going to come past overnight. The plan of redemption took a long time to fulfill. So this word of the Lord came forth in January 2016, and I'm just now seeing it come to pass. We're advancing. There is so much shaking going on in the last year in relationships, in churches, in people, in ministries, people being moved out, people being shaken out, okay? Relationships being put together, but we're also going to enter in to the season of miracles. If you would actually like to view that particular word of prophecy, you just could Google Margie Florent, season of shakings, uh, advancement, shakings, and miracles. And you could hear that word of the Lord. It'll encourage you greatly. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.